the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, yesterday we celebrated Christmas, the birth of Christ. Today we have one final look at this birth that we have been celebrating the entire week this past week. Truth for Today is next. And again, welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today, we turn our attention once again to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. We're going to finish off a message we began Christmas Eve as we focus in on the glory that sits on high. While he is a lowly babe in a manger, he is also exalted above all. He is God on high. And that's what we're looking at uh, through the eyes of the author of Hebrews here in chapter 7. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. In him we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Uh, Confidence, uh, he will hear me. I won't be shut out. Uh, Access. I think uh, prayer is probably the most neglected privilege you have. Because you've made it hard. You've made it hard. Uh, you think of prayer life. Do you have a prayer life? I mean, besides emergency calls. You, you know, it struck me that Daniel was willing to lose his life and wound up, as it were, in the mouth of a lion over his prayer life. I said his prayer life. He prayed three times a day, opened his windows as a Babylonian uh, official Next to the king, they, they wanted to frame him. They wanted to get him killed. So they got the king to pass. You only pray to one God. If you pray to any other God, you're dead meat. So they passed the rule. They framed Daniel. And, they, and then they post a lookout. He won't keep it. He won't obey it. And sure enough, Daniel said, I pray three times a day. You can just put it on the clock. I pray in the morning. I pray at noon. I pray in the evening. And the next thing you know it, he's being thrown in a den of hungry lions. So hungry that the next shift of men, their bones are broken before they hit the ground. They knew how to kill. But why not Daniel? God said a man that prays, like that, I can, I, can, I can lock the jaw of the lion. I know how. I've got special holes. See, what, what has it taken to ruin your prayer life? The threat of your life? What would it take to get you to pray? National emergency? Well, we're living through national emergency all the time. Good night. I'm wanting to cancel my paper. I'm sick of what they're doing in Washington. 
I'm trying to find out what they're doing in heaven. I get good news. Do you have a prayer life? And so he said, you've got access. It's an amazing thing if you ever read the uh, life of uh, Lincoln. Carl Sandburg was famous for his biography on Lincoln. And uh, Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln, they lost a son. And uh, she uh, had a nervous breakdown and became a uh, very paranoid woman after that. She was a nervous wreck. And then during the Civil War, uh, their oldest remaining son, he wanted to join the Union forces. And she kept fighting with Lincoln. You can't let him join. You can't let him join. I've already lost one son. Don't be letting the boy do it. In the midst of that, and a woman who was a wreck, and who wouldn't be a wreck living with Lincoln trying to carry the nation. It's a very uh, heartbreaking story as you read it. But there's a great irritant that happened all the time at the White House, and that was no matter what cabinet meeting Lincoln was in, it seemed like this little five-year-old boy named Tad would want to come in and hug his dad, kiss his dad, sit on his lap. And men like Stevens and the others says, my lands, Lincoln, don't teach the boy. We're trying to run a nation. You don't have time to be messing with the baby boy. And Lincoln told all of his soldiers and all of his bodyguards, any time Tad wants in, you let him in. Don't shut out a son. And what God has told, and Jesus really has told angels and told demons, never shut out a son that comes to me. You come. You come. He'll hear you. He'll sympathize with you. And he will be reliable to rescue you. It's there. It's waiting. He's done it for millions. Why don't you cash in on it? It all was bought at the cross. Fifth thing we want to look at is 1 John. 1 John. Look at chapter 1. I wish someone had shown me this chapter when I was first saved. It would have saved me a lot of uh, uh, doubtful moments about my salvation. Uh, Listen to what he says. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, probably holy. And he's not just holy, but he's a God who has manifested himself. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, I think in the light of his revealed will, of his character, As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, is continually cleansing us from all sin. Notice the word sin, not sins. All sin. Now, when we use sin singular, it's usually the sin principle within, indwelling sin. Did you know if you went a whole day without ever committing an act of sin, you still got sin within you? Because you carry a sin nature, uh, and, and it's a defiling thing. I mean, Jesus said, out of the heart come evil thoughts and 
overcome all this corruption. It just, even though we're saved, that heart still coughs up bad stuff that we have to say, that's wrong, that's wrong. And, but he said, at the same time, Christ is continually cleansing us from all the effects and all the judgment that would come with just that obnoxious nature within us. Okay, he's doing that, and that's good. That's the cross work is being applied to me continually. Do you see that? And if it's doing it continually, I wonder if he's cleansing me when I'm asleep. He's cleansing me for what? Have you ever had a bad dream? Have you ever had a dream uh, uh, you were kissing the wrong woman? <laughs> you ever dream where you were choking somebody you shouldn't be choking? Hey, where'd that come from? Said, good night. Uh, I've had to get up. Lord, I don't buy a thing I dreamed. I don't know where that came from. But I got to confess it and just let him know I don't buy that. But the Lord is cleansing continually. Then, watch this. If we say we have no sin principle. And I grew up with people that were close to that. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You go around and say, I don't have a sin nature. Why, you deceived person. You, you just don't know, do you? Yeah, you do have a sin principle. Well, uh, if you don't believe it, ask your wife and ask your kids. They know. They've got right theology about you. Then, watch If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Uh, on, On the surface, that is so simplistic. I find it too simplistic. I mean, come on. I just confess it and you'll forget. Uh, Lord, I just robbed a bank. I want to let you know. Well, that's cleanse. Uh, you know, I just stole a thousand bucks from a guy. I like to confess it. Lord, I stole a thousand. Just want you to know. Anyway, it's a little bit more involved than just saying I did it. I mean, there might have to be, you might have to serve five years. And God said, yeah, I forgave you, but not California. <laughs> yeah, you do have to deal with Caesar. And so don't get carried away. But, it seems to be saying that all I need to do when I sin is confess it to Jesus Christ. And it says two things about him. He will be faithful in this. Okay, I can rely on him. And he will be righteous, which I'm expecting to say he will be merciful. Isn't that what he said? He uh, merciful, but he said, didn't say that. He said he's righteous. The other way, I'll be right in forgiving you. Wait, how can you be right in forgiving me? Because I died for the sin you confessed, and I satisfied God's righteous anger against what you did. And we don't need to re-crucify me. You don't have to bring additional sacrifices and all your, um, your tears and uh, sorrow and all that. No, no. The cleansing comes from me. And what I'm looking for you to do is to admit you did it. Because sin makes you want to hide it, 
cover it, lie about it. Uh, and we have craziness like in the garden. They start running. They start blaming. All of that goes on. He, he simplifies it by saying, would you just admit you did it? Just admit you did it. Call it what I do. Don't, don't call your sin, Lord. You know the old song, if I've committed any sin today, oh, baloney. It's sentimental. This confession is you name it. You know what you did. I, this is wrong. And it's painful because Carolyn has me practice this in marriage. She heard this sermon one time. And I said, well, I'm sorry. She said, you're sorry for what? I said, hey, that's torture. I said, I'm sorry. Be glad. But you didn't name it. Now that hurts too much. I'd have to admit I really did do it. I'm sorry. Oh, you're not either. You just got caught. Now name it. Name it. And he will cleanse. And then he goes on. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. That is, if we have not sinned in the past. I never sinned. Oh, man. His word is not in us. You're out to lunch. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not even sin once. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate or a legal defense, use of a lawyer, use of someone that would represent you before the king. We have a legal defender facing the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's not a crooked lawyer. He operates on the basis of righteousness. How can he appeal for you to be forgiven? Because he has righteously dealt with the crime by dying for it. He has paid for your sin. It is no cheap forgiveness for God's son to hang on the cross for your sins. And if you got this flipping, well, I, if you know it's good, it's like God's obligation. Well, God, you're God. You've got to forgive. No, he doesn't. Why do you think people are going to hell? God doesn't forgive them. God isn't forgiving everybody. You hear? You hear. Unless you receive Christ and he's your Savior, you have no forgiveness. There is none in any other's name but the name of Jesus. You have to have him. But when you have him as your Savior, he becomes your legal defender in the third heaven. You confess it, and in his righteousness as the one who satisfied God's wrath regarding your sin, you will be forgiven. Now, that, that sounds nice. Maybe or may not sound nice. It's a truth. I don't care if it sounds nice. It's a truth. Uh, I'm not trying to be nice. What's true? Let me tell you what happened to me. I, okay, I get saved, 14. Uh, and uh, I was always afraid to get saved because I knew I couldn't live like the people I got saved among. I mean, they were strict. Uh, we, we had a rule that God hadn't even made on a lot of stuff. And uh, so, uh, I, I, okay, I make this, start out this journey with the Lord I'm living 
for him. But I, I, I get saved in the summer, and I found in our youth group, we could all live it in the summer. Yeah, it's when we went back to school. So in, in time, I sinned. I cussed probably, uh, and something like that. Okay, cussed or, uh, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what the sin was. But when I did that, I said, wow, I thought I'd become a Christian. I just received Christ. And when I did that, I knew it was wrong, and I felt bad, and I said, well, wait, 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 now, now what's my status before God now? Uh, am I really saved? Wouldn't God take care of bad language? I mean, that, that should have dropped off because you become a new creation, you know. All things become new. Your newness in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you became a part of a new creation in Christ. But you ain't brand new down here. He's going to work on you. He's going to start a process. But in God's sight, I'm perfect. I'm accepted because I'm in the beloved. But down here, you still got to work on my mouth, my mind, my morals, my money. Uh, man, I hate to say it, my marriage. Good night, Lord. I just wanted to go to heaven. I didn't want to be changed. Don't change me. I just want to sneak into heaven. If I can get into heaven, cuss it like a sailor, good. And God said, no, I, I, I change your vocabulary when I save you. Well, Lord, I'm from Richmond. He said, I don't care. I'm from heaven. And I want to change you. And so I did that. And guess what I did? Nobody ever showed me First John. I didn't know that. And so then after that sin, I probably did another one. I did another one. And after about the tenth one, I said, I must not be saved. Uh, it's building up in me. I'm feeling guilty all the time. And then school started, and oh man, I started going to get dances. And we couldn't go to dances. I started running around rock and roll bands just to hear him play. I was learning guitar. I wanted to watch him play. And he said, oh, man, he's backslid for sure. Uh, and so I just threw in the towel, uh, gave up. And then I had to go to church because I was still under my dad's roof. And uh, on a Sunday night, my brother Paul, uh, I, I ran with a guy that was saved six months a year. He happened to be saved at this time. You know, he was in church. Out When he went in church, he's making out with the girls during the service. You know, he, he was a rascal. He really was. I loved him because he played guitar. And uh, he, he's over here. Uh, and he and Paul, they, they, they saw me and said, Hey, why don't you come to the prayer meeting before church? I said, Paul, I told my brother, I said, You know I'm backslid. You don't go to a prayer meeting when you're backslid. And he said, no, come on, come on with us, come on. And being an older brother and, and being good with a hammerlock, I went ahead and went. And so I go, but I, I know, I'm, in my mind, I'm backslid. I kneel out of respect, because that's the way our people prayed. We were all on our knees. And so while I'm there, I said, I told the Lord what I've been telling him for my, Lord, I'd live for you if I knew how, but I don't. I, I lost it. it, it I, I don't know how to keep up. And so, why keep trying? 
None of you ever been there, have you? First get saved, the weight falls off, everything's wonderful, you're going to heaven. And then about two weeks later, you're just, uh, you're in the mully grubs, you cannot lift your face up. You say, man, I got saved, but I'm a mess. Said, no wonder people don't want to go to church with you. Salvation's made us miserable. Because I used to enjoy sin. Good night, God. Let me either enjoy sin or enjoy you. But I'm caught in between. And so I went in and prayed. And just me and the Lord talked. Something supernaturally. I, it, it is the Lord. It wasn't me because nothing was clicking up. I didn't know this was in the Bible. But in that time, just telling God I can't live in it. That night, we had testimony services. And all of a sudden, the backslidden teenage boy in the youth group, I want to give a testimony. And I just get up and say, you know, I bailed out. But I would really like to live for God because I think I was really saved. But I don't know where to start. I don't know how to live it. So I've just given God a resignation. But I do love you people. Thanks. He started healing me from that day. And from that day on, without anyone ever telling me, when I'd blow it, I said, God, I just cussed that boy out. I shouldn't have called him an SOB. It doesn't seem to work. I'm going to invite him to our youth group, but I just called him an SOB. I don't think he'll come. <laughs> you know, it's not effective evangelism. <laughs> well, but I just say, I, I should have done that. I was at the gate one day and cussed the guy so bad. And God said, now you've got to go apologize to him. I said, God, that's where we talk to each other. That's good morning in Richmond. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know about good morning, but you go apologize. I said, no, Lord, that, I don't mind apologizing to you, but don't, now don't include other people. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, you go apologize. And the guy made fun, capped me, and just thought it was crazy. But I had to do it. When we sin, now let me tell you another story. I was teaching a holiness conference to a bunch of pastors. And I was teaching, I was a morning Bible teacher. And when I read this verse in chapter 2 here, it said, when we sin, we have someone advocating. And a couple of pastors raised their hand. They were very strict, strict holiness people. They said, wait, 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 son, I think you misread that. He said, he can't be advocating for you when you're sinning. I said, well, I said, it says, but if anyone does sin, I'm assuming in the act or at that point, we have an advocate, a legal defender, and Jesus is in the office of being the righteous one. And he said, by the way, Father, I want to remind you, I propitiated you about that sin. I've already Pour your wrath against that sin, and I, I want you not to charge them with it because I bore it. They said, you can't be. They can't be. You're saying it's all right to sin. I said, no, I'm not saying it's all right to sin. I'm saying it's all right to have a Savior. It's all right to have someone who said he paid. He either paid for it or he did not. Did Christ pay for the sin? So that means you want to go out and live like the devil. You know, your wife said, honey, you, you promised to love me forever. Yes, yeah, she said it. That means I could chase. 
No, no, no. Loyal love doesn't beget unfaithfulness. Dying love, crucified Savior, never makes the true child of God one. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, if you know him, he takes away the appetite. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855 833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.